Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, that was fun. Trade deadline edition here of the Dunked On Basketball NBA podcast. Got a lot to get to. I think where we'll start, though, is with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Two blockbuster deals for the Cavs. The first which went down was Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye, and Cleveland's 2018 first-round pick, protected one through three, for Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson. And I think the way we'll go through all this is we're going to talk about both of the big deals from cleveland's perspective and then and talk about what kind of a team they have and then we'll look at it from the perspective of the other teams involved in those two big deals so that's that's number one and then the second big deal three-way deal between the kings jazz and Cavs. cleveland sending out iman shumpert and a 2020 second rounder that they previously had from the miami heat plus 2.1 million dollars in cash to the king they also sent out Jay Crowder to the Utah Jazz along with Derrick Rose and then received back Rodney Hood and George Hill from those two teams. And Utah also sent Joe Johnson to the Kings and $1.1 million in cash to the Kings. And the Cavs agreed to swap second rounders with Utah in 2024. And there are a couple of other relative non-entities second rounders involved of players who are still playing in europe and seem unlikely to come over let's start first here though danny with the lakers Cavs trade and your thoughts on that from the cleveland perspective just from a value standpoint obviously it affects what they're going to do on the court this year as well though from a value perspective i think the most striking element of it is this isaiah thomas is has about a, a 500 true or 50 percent true shooting this year on i think it's about 30 percent usage right now yes and that's by far the worst season of his career and of course he has his defensive problems we all know about that those numbers are not substantially far off jordan clarkson's career norms (laughs) and isaiah is a substantially better passer and there is reason to believe that that more reason to believe that isaiah is going to be better than he has been than jordan clarkson who is having the best year of his career so clarkson has a worse contract he is younger of course but he has a worse contract he is maybe i mean the locker room stuff is is kind of hard for us to speculate on but so you have that as a key piece then the other part of it is larry nance jr versus a cleveland's own pick this year which is probably going to be in the low to mid 20s i think is a, a fair fair estimate for that right now i think i would rather have cleveland's pick it's a close call i mean those those picks are always kind of a crapshoot but with nance you only have a couple more years of team control it's a year and a half basically and then restricted free agency and nance is talented and he tries hard and he can dunk but does he have 
value for the Cavs in what matters the most, which is playing in a seven-game series against either the Golden State Warriors or the Houston Rockets? I think so. I think he does. Um, and we could talk a little bit more later about what just what their lineup is going to look like. Uh, got a lot more time to get into that here. Uh, and just a, a ton more from Cleveland's aspect of the trade. But before that, this from our sponsor, Stamps.com, a service that you, Danny, have used quite a bit of late. I have. When you have a book, which is, of course, a physical thing, you have to then get that physical thing to other people. And so for some of them, they're based near me. And so then you can do it in person, maybe things like that. But then other people, whether that's family in other parts of the country or people who want to side copy or anything like that, you need to have another way of getting it to them. And so I I had been familiar with Stamps.com for a long time, but I hadn't used it very much before that. And it has been an absolute godsend during this time because it takes a lot of the elements that can be so thorny, whether it's expensive or time consuming or all that, and just makes it simpler. Yeah, simpler is what it is. You can create an account at stamps.com in minutes. There's no equipment to lease. You don't have any long-term commitments. And once you do that, you can buy and print official US postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. They'll send you a digital scale, which will automatically calculate the exact postage. All you gotta do is click print mail and you're done. You can schedule pickups as well via stamps.com. The way to get started with them is you go to stamps.com, click at the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in our promo code CAPSPACE. Then you will enjoy their service with that special offer, including a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale at stamps.com. Enter promo code CAPSPACE. Use remember CAPSPACE. We talk about it quite a bit here on this trade deadline program. So at stamps.com, enter promo code CAPSPACE and let them know that you came from us. So yeah, again, for Cleveland side, I think Nance, I think can help them a lot. And I'll talk more about why I believe that'll be the case later on. He is one of those players who's out there who fits into, in theory, what they're trying to do with taking on the Clarkson contract and we've talked about where Clarkson is and it especially makes even less sense to me now even if you did value him if you're also bringing in George Hill and Rodney Hood in the backcourt and they still have J.R. Smith as well you're assuming number one that the expiring contract of Fry and the expiring contract of Thomas have absolutely no value at all and while I don't think certainly anything close to a first round pick could have been available for the combination of those guys the combination of those guys and being willing to take back some money that goes all the way through 2020 there's two more years left on Clarkson's contract and I don't think Clarkson is going to help them that much so think of maybe what you could have gotten if you'd just been willing to do in a deal where you say all right maybe they couldn't have gotten Larry Nance but they could have said all right we're willing to give up our first round pick and we'll send out, you know, some expiring contracts or, or you know, small contracts for a guy who is along the lines of Nance, who has some athleticism, who, who can switch. I mean, there's a, nobody was willing to give up first round picks. This is the only first round pick that traded hands at this deadline. I think they could have done as well or better than Nance if they're willing to just give up a first round pick. And then you also throw in that they're just taking back two more years of Clarkson. And yeah, Clarkson isn't as toxic as some of those other 2016 contracts. But again, I don't really think he's going to help them a ton and there are cheaper options out there including on the buyout market to get someone like Clarkson who just can create shots I mean I don't think you really need that on a team with LeBron James that much especially when it's been pretty inefficient and Clarkson is not a good spot up shooter he just creates a, a lot of very middling quality shots and is horrendous on defense by the way also we should get to that but 
if you're willing to take on that type of a contract and you're willing to aggregate together 14 million dollars in contracts between fry and isaiah they could have just taken back something else and hopefully gotten more of an asset back instead of having to take back clarkson in the deal um and now maybe you could say well they just valued nance so much that they felt like he's worth way more than their first and so they're willing to take on clarkson or they also just really valued clarkson maybe this was just an eye of the beholder type of thing but i really don't like it for the standpoint of having to take on clarkson i totally understand the first for nance i think that that makes a lot of sense because nance i think could play some small ball center for them very well against some of their main rivals and give them a guy who's going to play hard which they desperately needed and a dose of athleticism which they also desperately need. okay so then do you want to move on to because well, i think we should talk about the full Cavs picture a little bit later just because we should do the second piece of it so in the cleveland yeah. the cleveland yeah. part of the second trade was basically amon shumper jay crowder derrick rose and cash should that matter for george hill and rodney hood and here i think you have a much better value proposition but there is a through line with these two trades which is this idea that what crowder and thomas the two players other than ante zizic that they received in the kyrie irving trade that what they have been so far is more predictive of what they will be in april may and june than what they were before that or something in between this values jay crowder to me as the player he's been for them so far this year george hill yeah certainly if you had to say hey you know what was jay crowder worth before this season he's worth much more than than what they ended up giving up in, or getting back in this trade but of course you know he has not been that he hasn't so been and so financially this is another trade that makes cleveland more expensive moving forward because yes they got out of amon shumpert's i think it's about 11 million for next year george hill makes 19 and then has another million after that crowder makes has a reasonable contract about seven seven and a half million and rod hood we don't that's almost exactly what his cap hold is going to be we don't know how much money he's going to get so in this in this move it's i think it's a the case for cleveland is is easier for me because you talk about how the guys when we'll, we'll talk about this later how they fit in with their team but again this was another commitment of long-term money and who knows how that second rounder is going to be for guys that are you know kind of they're they're fine certainly they're fine but they're not they're not i don't think they're game changers potentially yeah hood is a really interesting one a guy who's valuable was quite polarizing around the league even when healthy not to mention the fact that he's had major injury concerns i believe in every single season of his career so far and that's an issue with hill as well with this toe injury is not missed time due to that so far this year but definitely has had a number of nagging injuries throughout his career and so they are taking on some injury risk here and maybe that's part of the reason why they thought getting clarkson could be helpful as well is because at least he provides a backstop those guys can't go i think though hood has a lot of upside as a guy who can shoot the three he's sort of like what jr smith used to be a few years ago although hood's defense is a little bit questionable he is six eight but he's got a very small wingspan for his size not much strength either and, and he also doesn't yeah, play ahead. with his physical advantages very much he is a guy like when you when you watch him play yeah. if you watch him play defense you don't look and say oh that's a guy who's six eight he plays a lot smaller than his size and with a lot less force yeah on offense he yes. plays bigger 
at least because in, ter- in his way to be able to rise up uh, over the defense at 6'8", uh, but, you know, does not play bigger in the sense that he'll, like, post guys up or get in the lane and really, you know, he's not really a force at the basket. Also, has a lot of passing to work on and improve. But he's a guy that you really have to guard out at the three-point line and someone whom the Cavaliers could think about re-signing as a restricted free agent. Now, if LeBron James does stay and they've taken on this extra money for next year with Hill and they've taken on uh, this extra money for next year uh, with Hood returning to them uh, as a restricted free agent uh, at a market deal then you know that they're gonna have to pay the piper at some point there but that's uh that's all gravy if they can get LeBron James to return and this does seem uh, Brian Windhorst reported it that this is an attempt to go all in for uh, LeBron this year and I totally agree with you with the idea that they absolutely sold as low as possible on IT and Crowder. I mean, they got, those are guys who, they still have the Brooklyn pick, obviously, but those are guys who were supposed to be value in that Kyrie Irving trade that we actually thought was a good trade for them at the time. And obviously that has not been the case so far. Uh, And instead they've sold those guys for essentially nothing uh, at this point. And uh, well, I shouldn't say that because obviously Utah valued Crowder. And I think that's an interesting buy low, but um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to look at it from that perspective but the problem was they just they didn't have time to wait i mean those guys looked awful they weren't really getting much better though crowder started to shoot it a little bit better but didn't look like the same guy defensively which was the big reason that they brought him in and thomas you know was really causing a lot of division in their locker room and wasn't playing well and so yeah they could take the risk that those guys might get better come april but i think they just felt like they were out of time and headed towards not making the conference finals even not making the nba finals and while this might give them a little bit less upside against the warriors overall maybe you could say that nance fills that up also and and hood is could be an explosive score close to what thomas was giving them if thomas wasn't going to be you know the same guy guys last year even even which i think was out of the realm of possibility they'd be the same guys last year at this point so i understand why they did it but it's just it's kind of rough for them because you've got thomas and crowder who were traded basically both of them were probably you know in like the lower 10 percent of the possible outcomes for them this year the way they had played so far and then that brooklyn pick is probably you know in the lower 30 percent of outcomes so far this year given where they've fallen although that can change between now and the end of the season so why don't we take a look danny and now just what the Cavs rotation is going to look like the assumption at this point should be that the starting backcourt at least to me is going to be George Hill and J.R. Smith if Rodney Hood outplays J.R. he can absolutely start but for right now I think you 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 go there to begin with and then in the front court my instinct on where they begin this and there and there are lots of permutations which we'll have to get into but the permute where they're starting I think is going to be LeBron Larry Nance and Tristan Thompson all starting together theoretically I guess they could play LeBron at the four and Hood at the three but I think they're going to start with nancy four. Oh, that's interesting I, I don't think so i think nance will come off the bench i think lebron will play the four because they just they're going to need more shooting than that we might see rodney hood start at the three uh maybe we'll see jr start maybe corvo will play a little bit more as well maybe he could start they have said that maybe even jeff green could start in the front court alongside lebron james they've also said they needed to get jetty osmond some more time after yesterday's game that classic game against the wolves um so no i would be surprised if they start nance and 
Thompson together up front just due to the lack of shooting I think that Nance is going to be kind of the backup for Thompson and then of course Kevin Love will return and then I think they will start Love and Thompson up front and that we might see then Nance and Love close games we might even see Love close fewer games than he has in the past because another big underrated part of the Cavaliers issues this season is that Tristan Thompson has not been the same guy on either end as well and so Nance provides them with a little bit more energy and athleticism perhaps than Thompson if he can't get back to being the same guy that he was in terms of fit there are a couple of just truly fascinating things about this trade George Hill has been somebody that I've wanted to see with a really good passing ball dominant non-point guard for a long time because he can when he's healthy he can defend his position well and George Hill has been one of the best catch and shoot guys in the league for a few years now so yeah the rest of his game has fallen off but he's shooting 45 percent on threes this year and uh, we looked at this too like he basically was getting like no catch and shoot opportunities whatsoever in Sacramento because they had no spacing and there's no one to set him up so now that's going to change so he fits in really well and what I think the lens to view this trade in terms of what Cleveland is now is how do these guys work against the best of the best I mean yeah you can make an argument about whether it makes them more likely to make the Eastern Conference to make the NBA Finals but if we're talking about LeBron and getting back this is winning a championship is really the threshold I think for me and so then what you get into is what of these players can hold their own in a rotation spot in a series against either the Warriors or Rockets and it could be either one of those teams certainly and George Hill if he's healthy and that's a huge if he's battled this I mean last year the Jazz were excited about George Hill's matchup against the Warriors and then he barely played in that series so if let's say he can play I think George Hill has a has a part in that Nance I think you have to be a little bit more particular because of his jump shooting issues he's at I think he was at 40 percent last year yeah. he, he's got to play pretty he's much got to play but center. but he like do you trust him to protect the rim I, I mean so that's what they're bringing in here's here's where I'm here's oh, better than anyone else they have that's in the damning roster. with praise but <laughs> what, where, I, where I'm getting where I'm getting with this yes is it is they have I think George Hill gives them a meaningfully good player to guard Stephen Curry but far better than any of the options they had before especially with Shump falling off the way that he has I think they got a lot worse defending Kem Durant today and part of what made last year so hard and why they brought in Jay Crowder in the first place was that this they didn't want to have this idea where they had to choose with LeBron between whether he was going to guard Durant or whether he was going to play free safety center field whatever you want to use for that now they don't really have that other guy I mean maybe they think it's Jeff Green maybe they think it's Rodney Hood it isn't it's not those guys I don't think Larry Nance can do it either so that's putting a lot of eggs in a very specific basket which I think is a dangerous proposition and then if you want to extrapolate that to the to the Rockets as well they don't have that small forward guy but they have James Harden and James Harden is a bear for any of their current guys to defend so I think that is a big structural thing which you can make an argument that oh they were never going to fix that and I think that could be true but if they were never going to fix it they gave up future flexibility and a first round pick to have a team that has a different but similar flaw danny i've got some really bad breaking news for you papa g i know i saw it i I didn't want to interrupt our Cavs discussion to bring it up but i mean they (laughs) they picked up his option you know we didn't see much from him other than some glorious summer league showdowns with marquise chris and the Suns, and then they pick up we'll always have the five second we always will but yeah i mean so we we can we can get back i want to talk about what sacramento did today because that's actually pretty interesting oh for sure for sure yeah let's get back to talking about Cleveland and their matchup yeah I mean I think that they they got more guys who will play hard they hopefully fix their locker room they're also apparently going to be signing Kendrick Perkins just as a locker room presence who had until very recently been playing with their team the Canton Charge uh 
so yeah i i think your point about looking worse defending kevin durant is a pretty big one i think and that the load on james could increase now maybe they'd say larry nance could guard kevin durant a little bit or maybe we could say hey we're going to actually have a little bit more help defense available and maybe we can just actually get out and run a little bit and just have some energy and athleticism but i am very skeptical about clarkson's ability to contribute at the highest level in the playoffs given his defense and spotty shooting from the perimeter maybe you could get a few bench minutes but the, the lack of experience and the lack of defense is a concern there the health from hood and hill is definitely a concern um and rodney hood is going to be asked to do a lot of defending now uh, against guys that he generally has not been that successful uh, against and so yeah i mean it's going to be jeff green it's going to be james probably having to guard kevin durant and i think that's an issue I, I, although i like some of these from cleveland i think getting hood he's a guy who has some upside for the future nance is a guy who has some upside from the future and maybe that's part of this uh, of course uh, because uh, lebron still could very easily leave the sell low on crowder is not one that i like as much as the sell low on it i think it was just like all right we got to get rid of this guy um you know it's just not going to work out he's killing our team he's not willing to play differently he's criticizing the coach for not being willing to make adjustments uh i guess the front office made an adjustment by trading him away uh and crowder to me still had more upside defensively than any of the guys on the team and and perhaps they're just like hey you know what he's not the same guy he's not going to be the same guy he's not willing to get back in the type of shape that he was in boston it's just not going to work we got two more years of this guy he has we're just going to try and get something else and i think certainly for the future it's a good move to get someone like rodney hood but it's uh definitely a sell sell low uh, to be sure and then also we should mention too which we haven't yet that Dwayne wade has actually been moved to miami uh the Cavs reportedly consulted with lebron on moving his friend their friendship seems to work a lot better when they're not on the same team together by the way uh and so he will return to miami for what will probably just be a top 55 protected miami second rounder uh and so we'll talk about what that means for miami but wade probably would not have been in the rotation i still like wade better than clarkson uh if i had to pick who would be more valuable this year although clarkson can at least pretend to shoot threes so that's uh we could get to that more with miami but i'm uh you know this is i'm very interested to see how this all works out i don't think any of this is a home run for the cavaliers except potentially from a chemistry standpoint but i do think it has the chance i think it's likely that they will be better this regular season going forward they get some assets for the future as well after this season so i think they accomplished some stuff if they hadn't taken on clarkson i would feel much more positively about what yeah, they ended it, it up being is able a, to a do. part of it especially because his role on this team going forward against the warriors he could actually maybe be a part of those minutes when they go to the second unit when curry and durant are on the floor if they're going to hold that rotation but outside of that i think he's going to be a real narrow part there and also clarkson i don't necessarily see as a primarily a bench guy really where his value is for them even if lebron leaves it's like okay well maybe he helps helps your bench offense stay a little bit better but you're going there but hood is also a a really interesting gamble for a a team i actually i allude i mentioned cleveland outright in a piece i wrote a couple weeks ago for real gm and it's also in danny's story time for patreon about teams that could give up expiring contracts to take on money for the summer and hood hood is an interesting example of that because cleveland's not going to have cap space this summer even if lebron leaves and so what they can do with that is that means they can wait out hood and so whatever form their team takes they can be patient there and it'll all depend on how much dan gilbert's willing to spend so i think that could be fruitful for them if they like what they see from him and i guess he can be a part of that but the challenge always there is when you lose a guy like lebron and they would still have plenty of 
decent talent, where do they want to go at that point? And so it, it'll be, I mean, this Cavs team is going to still be a challenge. I mean, as a general manager, Kobe Altman did a whole lot of stuff today, and he's going to have so much to do moving forward, whatever ends up happening. And I mean, the draft pick they have, they're going to have a top 10 pick probably from the Nets. They're going to have a limited amount of financial means to improve. So wherever wherever LeBron goes, it's going to be really hard for him. But he can, I mean, they, they have the tools to get better. Yeah, KP wrote in his write-up that they may have raised their floor and they probably have a better chance of getting back to the finals, but potentially maybe a worse chance of being the worst. But they're playing so poorly that I think that whatever that ceiling that could have been possible with IT and with Crowder was so remote, the chance of reaching that at this point, that something needed to be done. It's just that there's a lot of guys here who have some potential, but a lot of questions about how everyone's going to fit together as well. You mentioned something that I thought would be interesting, which was how much did Kevin Love's broken hand affect what ended up happening at this deadline? He certainly, there are arguments, I mean, he was a part of the drama that was going on before that. And depending on what they see their identity moving forward, he's either superfluous or or part of it. And it, do, it does seem like Cleveland bet a little bit more, unsurprisingly, on offense than defense. I mean, Rodney Hood, that's really a big part of that with him. He can, he, he looks more like a defender than he is. And so Love, you know, Love doesn't look like a defender and is not a defender. So you have that. But I, I don't know if they would have moved him, but there certainly would have been conversations. And I think the fact that they did everything that they did without really changing the big man rotation, other than adding in Larry Nance, is pretty fascinating because while that didn't seem like the strong point, it certainly could be argued that it wasn't the weak point. So yeah, I, I think it did. I think it did meaningfully affect the wholesale change that I think could have really raised their ceiling. And it's possible that those deals just weren't out there, especially once Blake Griffin went to Detroit, which seemed like the most logical one. But I, I have to feel like it changed. Yeah, I think I, you're lower on Nance than I am. And I think a lot of people around the league feel similarly, just his athleticism, the playing hard. And you never know. I mean, when you somebody has been toiling on a team like the Lakers and then gets traded to a team where you're going to have to be like in the playoff crucible, you never know how a player is going to react. I think that can be overrated at times. And Nance, I think, is a smart player. And we'll see whether he, as a small ball center, can contribute as much as I think the Cavs are hoping. I think this a lot of this trade is a big bet on what Larry Nance can do. From the financial component, the Cavs started today with a potential luxury tax bill at 43.1 million the lakers trade saved them 2.3 million in repeater tax money but then the move with utah and sacramento bumped them up to 50 million in repeater taxes this season and so their total bill now with salary and repeater tax which is going to rise because they only have 13 players under contract and that's part of what th- these deals did too is uh, open up a little bit more space for them in the buyout market and that that could potentially change their fortunes as well especially adding another big man but their total team salary plus repeater tax is 185.7 million dollars not quite but close to the largest payroll plus tax in nba history and then that will be going up as well once they add some more minimum contracts and once they add kendrick perkins which was reported so i guess they're going to have one more roster spot available at this point and that could go to a guy who was included in this trade in the second trade joe johnson i just it just screams to me like a Cavs guy in this sort of thing i wouldn't i wouldn't like that move from them because they don't need what he brings but it keeps them away from the warriors at least who i think actually could use him to a greater degree valentine's day is coming up for me it's pretty rough timing on valentine's 
Valentine's Day every year because it's right around the trade deadline. It's even harder this year when I, in theory, should be planning a, a wonderful romantic gift. Uh, instead, I am here with you for two and a half hours today talking about trades and updating spreadsheets and blah, blah, blah. But at the very least, I'll be able to make my fiance happy with the one of a kind combination of Sherry's berries and pro flowers. Their perfectly paired combinations is two gifts in one. Dipped strawberries and gorgeous flowers arrive together in a beautiful, specially designed box that will keep your berries cold and your flowers fresh, guaranteed. And our cap space code will save 20% on any perfectly paired combination. Or if you want to go with another gift that is over $29, you'll save 20% as well using that cap space code. You pick the exact delivery date and it's guaranteed to arrive. Customer satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. So Valentine's Day, as you know, next week, there's only one way to get 20% off those gifts over $29 and the perfectly paired collection. Visit berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Enter that code Capspace at checkout and let them know that you came from us. All right, let's talk about the Lakers here. I thought just overall, they did incredibly well. And overall, since last February, they have done incredibly well. To me, they made out like bandits in this in this deal because Corkson, the Cavs valued him at his contract for whatever reason, but the Lakers we were think, going we to We think, be, we don't know that. They, could, they might have thought that Nance was worth way more than that first Yeah, that's true. They could have just seen that as a cost. They could have seen that as a cost of doing business. And the Lakers could have framed it yeah. that way for sure. So the Lakers, by doing this move, they got off about $13 million in money for this year, or for, for 2018-19, that being Clarkson and Nance going off and the Cavs pick going in. And then they also got off Clarkson's salary for the 2019-20 season, which, so it opens up flexibility. They, you know, I mean, whether they could, how what it would have taken to get off of him, whether it was, you know, whether other teams saw it as neutral or whatever, that's, well, I, I, I'm still skeptical that it was going to be there. But again, you, you, we don't have many data points ever in these sorts of things. So they, but either way, they're out of it now. They don't have to worry about that. So they're at about, you know, I, I just wrote a piece on this for the Sport News, so I should have the numbers better in my head. I think it's 47 million right now if they just let all their unrestricted yeah, regions I, go. I, I've got it in front of me. So um, yeah, they, if they don't, if they take Julius Randle's hold off the books and all their unrestricted guys, 58.9 million in space. That would still leave seven players under contract, including that draft pick that they're getting from Cleveland. They could move on from Avicja Zubac as well, should they care to, and Thomas Bryant. That would leave them six players under contract, 59.6 million. And then if they wanted to get Paul George and LeBron James, who would probably cost about 66 million combined next year, they could stretch Luol Deng or find a way to move on from him for a cheaper salary and get there to bring those guys in. And they would still have Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart that, and whoever they draft with that Cleveland pick. Remember, of course, they don't have their own first because that is long gone from the Steve Nash trade. That's now the uh, property of either Boston or Philly. But that's well done. They also have the opportunity if they want to, let's say that George and James do not want to come or only one of them wants to, then they could always make Julius Randle restricted free agent. His cap hold will be about $12 million. So yeah, you still get down to about that $47 million. I think that's what you were talking about. And then 
then they also even could want to bring back isaiah thomas with his bird rights if he plays better the rest of the year magic johnson saying lonzo ball will still be the starting point guard but that isaiah will get plenty of time and the market for isaiah is probably not gonna be great but he'll get plenty of chances to shoot and score the rest of the year i actually think even channing fry on such a shooting challenge team the rest of the year uh, should help them to some degree and so i think and at least and they've already won 10 out of 16 i don't think that losing nance and clarkson is going to kill them too much there i mean now if isaiah keeps shooting the way he has it'll be a problem but that they i mean i think isaiah is certainly enough of a buy low candidate that with his relatively small cap hold for next year if they wanted to they could re-sign him uh if in fact james and uh paul george are not in the offing so that's useful as well uh and i think isaiah still can be an asset even if he wasn't an asset in the Cavs unique situation i think just the chance that he could find it again and his bird rights could be an asset for the lakers they also get that pick as well which uh maybe just in a vacuum is more valuable than nance going forward although again you can understand why cleveland would value nance over the pick if they think he provides some unique elements against some of their competition with his energy and ability to switch so all that is fantastic and it's worth noting here where they were when magic took over in terms of of money to have they've gotten off of mozgov now they've gotten off clarkson two of those three bad contracts they signed in the summer of 2016 they did have to move on from d'angelo russell but you know he's had an injury plagued year with the nets i don't think anyone is looking at him as this unbelievable guy going forward right now so that seems like a reasonable price to pay and then to also get a a first round pick and open up all this space in the same transaction very good job i mean you can argue that they have and they have drafted kuzma who is a steal late in the first round they drafted hart who's looking like a steal late in the first round so you can make the argument that they have more talent today than when those guys took over and way better books and that is it's rare to be able to upgrade with both talent and salary at the same time and i think magic and palinka uh despite our skepticism when magic took over and i don't know which of those guys to give the credit to but uh, they've succeeded pretty well here it is impressive and also this opens up a clear path for kyle kuzma to at least to get a sense of what he can be with the starting lineup with ingram and all these other things and they're in a good place i wonder where the lakers are going to go in terms of buyouts just with them it's so complicated because it's who wants to get bought out where do they want to go and so i mean i had i had written about the idea of kcp trying to rich paul trying to leverage a buyout and get kcp there i still think you know that if rich paul wants to leverage it that that could be possible brooke lopez channing fry i'm sure both those guys would enjoy being on playoff teams this year so where they go there but the fact that they got their books as clean as they did is an absolutely massive success for them and now the real big moving piece is waldang and waldang now you can be patient with that you can say okay if we need to stretch him or you know move him for somebody who's slightly cheaper and something else and stretch that person you can do that but you don't have to do it right now you don't have to be proactive with it and then if they want to do the ballyhoo pivot to 2019 then it's even cheaper to stretch him or you maybe can even find a trade partner there so they have given themselves a much easier position to be in moving forward and that's that's huge for them and and considering what some of the other teams have done around the league in terms of of cap space and all that they're they're putting their best foot forward now there is no guarantee that doing that will make them a good team you know that they will get paul george that they will get lebron james or anything like that but it sets them up so and this is something that has been a familiar refrain for them and the next couple other teams if they don't screw up they should be able to do well with this and they just can't be impatient that's the biggest part of this they can't do what they did in 2016 because that was very expensive for them in terms of assets and things that are still remaining i mean they gave up d'angelo russell to get off of timothy moskov's contract like that 
that that's an important thing. They did, you know, they did get other things back in that deal, but really that was the crux of it. And dang, they're still having to figure out. So they're in a good spot. They just have to do well with it. Take a look briefly at their rotation because I think it's a underrated of just, you know, we mentioned they'd won 10 out of 16. They don't have their draft pick this year. You know, if they can just look a little bit better and get to the high 30s and wins right now, they're projected at 34 and 48. Uh, and, you know, maybe with these vets that they brought in, they can do a little bit better than that and be perceived as uh, having some momentum. I think that can help them in the free agent chase as well to be like oh hey you know we're a 37 win team we had you two guys then we're, we're right there uh, and the, their rotation now will be interesting once Lonzo returns you know if that's ever going to happen but for right now Isaiah Thomas will be their starting one they've still got KCP at least for now they've got Josh Hart um, I think Brandon Ingram can potentially look a lot better playing with Channing Fry. maybe they'll even be some minutes available to play Ingram at the four which will help they still don't have any other three men outside of ingram though so that can be a little bit difficult but maybe they could play ball and thomas together and kcp at the three and some small lineups as well but to get a little bit more shooting on the floor would be helpful help these guys develop i mean because so much of it too is going to be all right how does lonzo look how does brandon ingram look how does kuzma look i mean those are the core three young guys now that they're going to be trying to build around and so the advertisement for free agents is going to be how those guys look going forward here uh but it'll be an interesting lakers rotation i'm looking forward to watching them and i want to uh, i'm hoping that isaiah can rehabilitate uh, himself a, a little bit here after what was obviously a, a difficult situation for him in cleveland uh one more note on this trade by the way the six players traded by the Cavs ties for the most players dealt by one team in the past 30 years that's uh from espn and the last time six players were dealt was the 2008 Cavs. also a very disappointing lebron james actually there is one more piece of news Ramon Shelburne uh, just said that Brooke Lopez at at this moment of course it can change there are three weeks now between the deadline and the buyout that Brooke Lopez intends to stay on the Lakers for the rest of this season so that would be another guy who can help make them better and it's also would be one fewer player on the buyout market if it doesn't change yeah and we'll see that could also those could always be posturing right so that's uh you never know there let's turn to the Utah portion of uh, all these dealings and for Utah Joe Johnson was uh, on the fringes of their rotation he was closing some games but reportedly wanted to move on and I don't think that they really needed him that much anymore especially with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert looking better playing together they still have Jarebko to play some stretch four as well and now they have Jay Crowder to play some stretch four as well so I don't think they needed Joe Johnson that much they did have to give up a million bucks in cash and so what the but I wouldn't count Joe Johnson as having much value either way here so for Utah this basically and they're also reportedly going to be waving Derek Rose momentarily uh says it is to say how old Neto is probably a better player for them than Derek Rose would be at this point but so it's basically looking like a trade of Rodney Hood for Jay Crowder for the Jazz and with through that lens what do you think of this for Utah I think it's a reasonable short-term bet Crowder as a forward gives them uh, an interesting defensive piece they've been they've been pretty remarkable offensively the last the last little while which has been strong and the downside for them is that i i think while hood was imperfect he could be a player who gets left out in the cold on the restricted market so i think part of the logic for them was hey we're getting jay crowder he's a good player he fits what we're gonna do he'll try hard you know all that kind of stuff but and uh, and their logic probably was oh and he'll maybe be a lot cheaper than rodney hood i i think that that's sound but hood might be getting less money than anticipated so that part of it might be a smaller benefit and of 
course, Hood is way younger. Yeah, Crowder has largely stayed healthy through his career, though, which Hood, of course, has not. Utah did have the ability to create more flexibility than I think people were talking about in 2018 free agency, but don't think, especially with a young team, they necessarily wanted to go there. And if they were going to bring Hood back, Crowder probably cheaper than what they would have gotten from Hood. And with Donovan Mitchell taking the reins now in Utah, the combination of he and Hood together, uh, they were not particularly effective playing together. Mitchell was better without Hood on the floor, though part of that could have been bad luck. Utah still even has, I'm sure, some hopes for Dante Exum, who is, uh, looks like he might be nearing a return based on some of the drills that he's doing from that shoulder injury. And so the Utah probably wants to just get more of a look at him for the rest of the year also when you consider his own restricted free agency is coming up. And so Utah maybe sacrifices $7 million in flexibility for this offseason, but I don't think they necessarily were going to use that anyway. And this is a, a good buy low. And when you talk about buy low, this isn't like, oh, this is a slam dunk for Utah because maybe Crowder just never gets it back. If he gets back to being anywhere close to the guy he was in Boston, especially two years ago on the defensive end, maybe that's not going to happen. He's, he's was an older rookie when he came in. So maybe he really just is on the downslide now. But if he can get back to where he was physically and defensively, this ends up being a, a good trade because Crowder, as of last year, was a more valuable player than Hood. And, and he is cost controlled going forward for two more years, basically $7 million after this one. So I'm not sure what else was out there for Hood. There probably was not a first round pick available just straight up for Hood, it seems like. I mean, given the fact that he would have to be paid in restricted free agency next year. So I would much rather have Jay Crowder than a second round pick or maybe some other young prospect like Crowder can fit right into their rotation as a, a stretch for probably you would imagine he probably will come off the bench um playing behind joe or he can play some backup three behind joe ingles because remember they lost tavo cephalosha for the season as well utah's shot creation and who generates offense for them moving forward is also going to be a challenge because what part of why i was intrigued by hood on this team long term should they have kept him was well if they move on from ricky rubio who, who's playing really well the last couple weeks and so that should be acknowledged that oh well they'll need somebody else even if they want to give donovan mitchell more of the reins more more for when he sits and so that could be Dante Exum if he comes back and they re-sign him it could be just somebody that they get either through a draft pick or through free yeah. agency and Rubio has been better lately oh absolutely I think that might have been might have been part of the thinking here too but you know it seemed like the writing was on the wall for it I mean he had a quote last night that he had felt like he was isolated from the team and would was expecting that he might well be moved and the other part of Utah's trade deadline that we should talk just briefly about is that Derek Favors is still on the Jazz so yeah. Favors is going to be an unrestricted free agent his market is going to be very challenging to assess both in terms of what position and role he wants to have what teams are willing to pay him so i i, I still don't expect him to come back to the jazz just because when you have a universe of things open to you maybe you want to change a scenery or whatever well else. let's let's see how the favors gobert right. lineup looks the rest of the year i mean if he if that really goes well uh you know i don't necessarily expect it to i mean they've had a great run lately but had been awful before this although they'd been amazing uh together yeah, I, I think it's for me it's more the favor side than the jazz side that i would be questioning it's just yeah, whether but, or but he wants it's more else. they'll have his bird rights and other teams won't i mean who's going to pay him more than 
than the the mid-level you know maybe utah beats that by a little bit and they offer him consistent playing time going forward as the starting four and and remember too that he sees himself as a four and so if there's a team where he can still play the four rather than i mean most teams are going to be looking at him probably as a five uh and i think you know not a lot of teams are going to sign him to a contract that's a real long-term deal to be a five you know they might look at him as sort of like more of a sort of a backup five like or maybe you know a short-term deal for a a fair amount of money but not really part of the long-term plan so we'll see i mean i think it all depends on utah's interest i think they have the firepower to bring him back but it just it depends what that looks like the rest of the season anything else on them or do you want to move on to the last team involved in all this the sacramento kings yeah i think we can discuss the kings here really what this ended up being for them joe johnson likely to get bought out maybe they'll save a little more cash on that in addition to the three million that they picked up here they picked up that miami 2020 second round pick which actually i think could be a pretty decent pick but they got that from the Cavs as part of this deal and then george hill they get off of the one million guaranteed of his money in the third year of that 19 million dollar a year contract he's owed basically 19 million this year each of this year and next year and so shumpert they're gonna save some money for next year because shumpert who i you know i think he might uh pick up his player option uh for next year that's only about 11 million and hill is 19 so that they'll save eight million dollars they can open up some more cap space now for next year they might actually be able to be sort of cap space players next year and maybe they could actually get something that would help them they do not have their pick next year so that would be maybe a reason to kind of go for it and, and get some players who might help them a little bit but you know we've seen how well the kings have done with cap space in uh some of their recent vintage team so color me skeptical there um and and this begins to close the door on this that amazing the summer of perry that everyone was so praising and and uh, i think to actually get some positive value for hill's contract um in terms of that second rounder wasn't too bad yeah i, I think that hill had you know the dead money on his contract. he made making 19 million next year it's not certainly all dead but his value to the kings is also limited just because De'Aaron fox is the heir apparent there and yeah you can play those guys together but i think you really do want to give an evaluation period and give fox the studio space to figure out exactly what kind of point guard he's going to be and the kings do have space so before you count in their pick i think i have it about 20 25.6 million their pick is going to take a big chunk out of that because their pick is going to be high because they suck but they can do something with that i think the best value for it in certain ways could be as a dumping ground for somebody who gets something they want in the offseason and just is trying to clear immediate money or is trying to get off the tax that sort of a thing more than yeah they'll have just enough space to take on like a yan mahinmi or a bismack biombo or an evan turner size contract basically is something like at. that yeah so I, I think that could be a, a decent use of it they also are basically have their entire remaining team assuming kufos and temple pick up their options they basically have their entire team expiring in 2019 in 2019 so they could just kind of play it a little bit closer to the vest and say hey we're gonna have money we can just throw a lot at some guys at that point or they can take on some salary for that year and extract a real asset so they can do it either way it, uh, that is going to be a big front office question for them is what that how they want to prioritize that and what the price is and remember one of the weirdest things about this deadline is that we don't have an established price for taking on future money because basically nobody did 
did it so we don't know yeah uh, and by the way one of the winners that you can say i mean we're going to get to how like how everyone you know had these guys that absolutely should have been traded and they failed to trade them for anything uh you know your your uh analogy of you got to sell the ticket for two bucks because the event is happening you know that 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 they failed to do that uh we'll talk a lot about that in part two here uh but this also uh, for the kings puts a bow on maybe one of the worst draft picks of this decade to waive the number 13 pick a year and a half into his uh and also that they would have rather capped bruno caboclo who was another one of the worst draft picks of the last few years but still oh, and remember they also dumped out, malachi whatever. richardson they dumped two yeah. high picks recent picks in this yeah that's right i mean that uh, we'll get to that part too and yeah i mean that that uh they got scal at least you know at least he's sticking around but yeah i mean the kings have not drafted well at, at all of late and they're really you know harry giles is out for the year justin jackson is uh you know jury's still out on him but he hasn't shown very much so far this year uh and obviously you can also talk about their developmental culture maybe being an issue here but i mean papa g that pick was one that everyone scoffed at i mean i remember gavoni was just apoplectic about how ridiculous of a pick that was to take him at 13 you'll remember after they traded down uh they also picked up bogdanovich who i think has been solid in that deal but yeah i mean that's uh, remarkable that uh, and and the idea too is like you knew that this guy was like a massive project and he wasn't going to be ready anytime soon i mean i guess maybe he's fallen so far below their expectations that they're going to just wave him now even so but the idea is he was going to be project and then maybe they felt like all right you know we've already got harry giles as our project center so like what's the point here and uh, of holding on to him any longer but i mean they picked up his his third year option for next year i mean has something happened between now and uh when they picked up his third year option like why not just wave him back then at this point so they're going to just have his uh 2.4 million on the books for next year uh now for no reason maybe they'll stretch him kendrick perkins has already it's already tweeted out that he will be a cleveland cavalier so that's one of the two spots <laughs> oh wait can i make one small point here also for all the there this parallels the nick collison one in oklahoma city yes i understand that there is a difference between having a player in a uniform versus having them in a suit well actually oftentimes these guys are in suits but the amount of money that it is costing the cleveland cavaliers and the oklahoma city thunder to have kendrick perkins and nick collison on roster rather than having them as assistant coaches is insane it is a ton of money because okc is paying luxury tax on that full minimum salary and the Cavs are going to use a roster spot and have um the you know the luxury tax on the small amount of money that perk's gonna get yeah i mean it does it, it really is a huge difference though because like as an assistant coach you're not there in the locker room you're not out there during drills you're not like running sprints with everyone like there is a really big there there is it there there is a difference but it's is that difference worth it for a team that needs everything they can get yeah i mean i certainly question that as well but uh so all right anything else on the kings here do we want to take a a trip down memory road and say some of the guys that they could have taken with those two picks in the 2016 draft or is that a little bit too mean <laughs> no i think we'll uh I, I think we can pass on that we got we got a lot to get to here we're going to take it to a part two right after i mean we uh, this was just those Cavs trades and we just spent an hour on it so we got a lot more to get to here we'll we'll take it to a part two uh which should be out at the pretty much the exact same time as this part one but uh that'll enable us to make things a, a little bit more manageable here so start listening to part two right now at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar 
Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.